Hello, everybody. I am Pastor J.D. Ambrosio, and you are listening to The 1% Christian. This is the Bible study where we get together for 1% of our day, give or take a, a few seconds here and there, study God's Word, we pray, we reflect on His attributes, and then we head out to the remaining 99% to do something amazing. We are continuing through John chapter 4, and uh, still on the woman at the well, we're going to wrap up that conversation, which has been awesome. And we're spending several days in this chapter because there's just so much here. Before we get started, I want to invite you to download the Sound of Heaven app. We have a free digital Bible on there, along with a lot of other great resources. You can go to soh.church. Uh, to get that, or you can go to your Apple or your Google Play Store. I want to encourage you to also give a like, subscribe, share the stream. This stream is available wherever you can find your podcasts, and we're starting to see more and more downloads every single day. So if you're joining us for the first time, welcome. Uh, I hope that you start from the beginning and work your way through, Uh, but uh, we are going to continue. And uh, what's going on is Jesus is breaking the cultural norms. He goes into Samaria, uh, something the Jewish people never did. He's tired. He's thirsty. He's waiting on his disciples to get back with food. I don't think Jesus ever got hangry uh, like I do sometimes, but uh, actually we can tell that he wasn't because he was ready to do the things that Jesus does. And he speaks to a Samaritan woman another no-no to the Jewish people. He exposes her sin, but he doesn't disqualify her. In fact, he includes her. And that's what we went over yesterday. And this is true Jesus fashion, right? He, uh, as we see in John 1, the word, the logos, the conscious creator becomes flesh, right? And the word became flesh. And the two words that described him were grace and truth. And that's absolutely what we see come out in uh, the conversation with the Samaritan woman. He doesn't condemn her, which if you remember in our last chapter, John chapter 3, Jesus didn't come to condemn. He came to save. And he affirms that if she would just ask him, that he would give her the living water which the living water leads to eternal life. And she is shocked by these two things. One, because a Jewish man would certainly most never talk to a Samaritan woman, but two, because the man treated her so well, despite being at the very least a prophet of God that knew all of her transgressions, right? We hide things from people because we think that they're going to punish us or uh, make fun of us or, or, disassociate with us. But this man, who we know wasn't just a man, not just a prophet, he was the Messiah. She found that out too. Knew everything about her, yet he didn't cast her out. And the Messiah lets this lowly woman also in on a little secret, that things are changing. And a time is going to come where both the Samaritans and the Israelites will be able to worship in the same way in spirit, and in truth. So we start off today toward the end of John chapter 4. We're going to start with verse 27, 
And we see that the woman is running off. She's going to tell everybody about what she just encountered, and the disciples are coming back. It says, just then his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with a woman. Not just any woman, a Samaritan woman. But no one asked, what do you want? Or why are you talking with her? I think at this point they are starting to realize that Jesus does things out of the cultural norms. He doesn't always adhere to whatever the traditions of the rabbis, the traditions of the temple are. And everything that he does, he does for a reason. So they refrain from questioning him. Verse 28 says, Then leaving her jar, her water jar, the woman went back to town and said to the people, Come see a man who told me everything I did. Could this be the Messiah? They came out of the town and made their way toward him. So she just leaves her jar right where she is, which is pretty telling. You lug your jar out in the middle of the day, hottest part of your day, to the well. You've got to have a pretty powerful encounter for you to leave that behind. It's not like you'd go to Bed Bath & Beyond and pick up another jar. It was not that easy back then. So she goes back and she tells everyone, hey, I met this guy and he knew every skeleton in my closet. And her boldness here is what we need to take notice of because she's bold and unashamed. And this is what happens when you mix grace with truth like Jesus does. When you expose people that, when you expose yourself to God's grace and truth. You see, truth may expose weakness. But grace protects. And remember, what is hidden in your heart, God already knows the truth that's inside of you. And when you discover the truth about God, the truth will set you free. And that Samaritan woman left the town alone in bondage. And she came back with the weight of the world, the weight of her sin off her shoulders. And these, this happens when we look toward confession and repentance. That's something that we've been talking about at Sound of Heaven recently. Now, back at the well, Jesus is meeting his disciples. He says, meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Then his disciples said to each other, could somebody have brought him food? He said, my food, Jesus said is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Don't you have a saying? It's still four months until the harvest. I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Even now, the one who reaps draws a wage and the harvests and harvests a crop for eternal life so that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. Thus, the saying one sows and another reaps is true. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work and you have reaped the benefits of labor. So again, Jesus is showing here that there's more to life than satisfying desires. If you remember when he was tempted in the wilderness, or uh, if you read that in the other gospels and he's tempted by the devil to because he's hungry, he's fasting, he's in the middle of the desert. 
and he's tempted to turn the stones into bread. He said, man cannot live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And we also see finishing what you start is something we should all strive for because it's in one way that we could be like God. God is a finisher. Philippians 1.6 says that he who began a great work in you is faithful to finish it. See, sometimes we start, start things imperfectly, and the sooner that we allow God to take over, the quicker he can come in and take steps to help us to fix it. So what in your life have you been struggling with where you can hand it over to God and let him finish the job? There are other times, like Nathaniel in chapter 2, where God has been making a way the whole time and you're unaware of it. You will reap in places where you have not even sown. They're about to reap a harvest. And this is what Jesus is talking about. He says, he says, don't you have a saying that it's still four months till the harvest? In that culture, there was a saying there that says, ah, there's still four months to the harvest, meaning that you've got time. And Jesus is wanting to put a sense of urgency into them that, look, the harvest is ready. And this is a field you've never sown in. You've, you, if, it, if it were up to you, them, you would have just walked right around Samaria like the other Jewish people. But here I've come in and I've shown some grace and some truth. And that seed of love is about to reap a harvest. And the disciples are going to be a part of it. And when we allow the nature of God to lead the way in our life, we see miracles. And this is what we're about to see. Because the Samaritan people in the town, they believed him. Let's I'm going to read starting with 39. Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He, to, he told me everything that I did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them. And he stayed two days. And because of his words, many more believers came. And they said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves. And we know that this man is the savior of the world. We know that this man is the savior of the world. So as we come up on our 1% here, let's recap what, what we see happening. Jesus is bold enough to go into Samaria. Of course he is. He's God. But he does things. He goes places where we would never go. And that's what I pray changes about our life, is that we look for the opportunities. Like it says, the harvest is plentiful. It's ready. And there's going to be times where you, are, you stumble on an opportunity that God's been working on the whole time. And because you have the favor of God on you, all you have to do is seize it. And that's what he's telling the disciples, that you are going to reap in fields that you have not even sown. And that's what I pray over your life today, that you're going to come across opportunities to reap in places where you haven't lifted a finger, but God's favor is 
there. And then there's other times where you're going to do some sewing. And if I'm doing sewing on my end, and what I, what I mean by sewing, I'm, I'm putting in God's work. I'm focusing on finishing the work that I start and then finishing the work that God starts. I hope that you understand where I'm coming from here. Because if I'm doing God's work and you're doing God's work, some of what I the, the work that I do day to day is going to benefit you and vice versa. And this is the kingdom mindset that we need to have, that wherever we go, we set out to let the grace and truth of God lead the way. If we put our focus on God, the weight of the world gets a little bit lighter because we take it off of our shoulders and we put it in the hands of Jesus. But what I'm also saying is when we start seeing the evidence of God and what we're doing, when we start seeing that when we would just give it to God, which Matthew 6, 33, it says, if you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, everything else gets added to your life. And I like that word added a lot because added means that it, that it becomes a little bit easier. You don't have to always work so hard for everything that when you get in alignment with God, that there is some ease. Now, it wouldn't be easy for these disciples. And there are days where it's not going to be easy for you. And there are going to be some days where you come to the table or you come back to the well, just like these disciples. And you say, God, I, I don't understand. What are you doing here? They didn't understand what Jesus was doing with this woman. But they said, all right, we know your nature, God. We know your nature, Jesus. So I'm going to continue walking with you, even though I don't understand. And there may be things in your life that God is doing, and you don't understand why he's doing it. But if you're willing to trust him, you'll begin to reap in fields that you've never sown. You'll begin to see the favor that's on your life. And he's going to start teaching you some amazing things. You're going to see amazing things in your life. And I believe that. I've lived that for the last almost 20 years now. I haven't over, always understood what God is doing, but he's always, always come through. And I'm glad that we're taking this journey together because I believe the same thing for your life. So we thank God that he is a finisher. What he starts, he finishes. And what we start, we finish. And when we come across an opportunity to do his work, to be his grace and his truth, let us finish the job as well. Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you for this study on the woman at the well. We thank you that you show us what it means to have grace and truth. We thank you that even though we have our own transgressions that are hidden, that you know those things and that you don't cast us out or disqualify us. And we thank you that like this woman, we have the opportunity to go back and give the testimony without shame, knowing that we are forgiven by you. And if we're forgiven by you, then that's done. And if we trust in you and we trust in your truth, that we are free because the truth sets us free. I'm Pastor J.D. Ambrosio. You're listening to The 1% Christian. We are going to end chapter four and start chapter five tomorrow. Join us. I love you guys.